This is Learn From Others, where we interview a cross-section of successful individuals so you can learn from their experiences, achievements, and even their mistakes. We ask four questions that will educate and inspire. Greg Stanley will be your guide as we join our guests on a journey from adolescent daydreaming to success in today's world. Join us on this adventure as we learn from others together. Well, welcome to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. I'm very excited to introduce our special guest, Margaret Fox. Margaret, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Awesome. Well, before we find out more about you and your career journey, if you would, could you please tell me, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, I wanted to be a singer and a painter. Oh, nice. Very artistic little strain you had going on there at a young age, it sounds like. I did. I did. What drove that? Did you like finger paints in kindergarten or did you like to sing a lot? Well, I liked singing. Um, I would sing a lot as a child and dance, not in any formal, you know, uh, classes, but I just enjoyed it. And then I also, when I went went to kindergarten, I the minute I got in front of the easel with a paintbrush, I didn't want to leave. <laughs> I was five years old at the time and um, I knew that someday I wanted to do that. So that was very clear to me. That's impressive. I think when I was five, I was still eating paste. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what was your your first job when you got a paycheck and felt like you had some responsibility? Well, I guess it was opening a lemonade stand at the age of uh, eight. Now, was that lemonade stand successful? I know location is key on those things. Yes, yeah, it was. Kid. It was right across the street from where I lived, and we had lots of children in the neighborhood, so, and we only charged a dime. Yeah, what about the first one where you had an actual paycheck? I started working when I was uh, 14 at a, as a clerk at a pharmacy, and I was so bored that I knew College looked pretty good. Sometimes those first <laughs> jobs are key into motivating you into doing something else. Yeah, for some reason. Yeah, I went to work. I worked a certain amount of time. I got along with the people I worked with, and uh, those were all important lessons. And it's also uh, was helpful to eliminate some things that I wasn't interested in doing. It was a real motivator, you know, to pursue things and acquire skills that make my future jobs uh, much more interesting. That's a great way to look back at it, for sure. Well, if you would, tell us what do you do today? Well, today I'm uh, executive director of a nonprofit uh, called MARC, M-A-R-C-C. It's the Metropolitan Area Religious Coalition of Cincinnati, and it works to improve um, public policy and in the process to uh, raise the level of civil discourse. Um, And we just try to make things a little bit better than when we found them. So essentially, um, it's an interfaith coalition of denominations, Jewish, Muslim, Catholic, Protestant, Quakers, Unitarian Universalists, uh, Lutherans, Presbyterians, Methodists, but it's also the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, the Episcopal Diocese, the Jewish uh, Community Relation Council, Cincinnati Islamic Community Center, the Religious Society of Friends of Greater Cincinnati, Ohio River Valley Methodist District, Presbyterian Cincinnati, so Baptist Ministers Conference of Greater Cincinnati, Interdenominational Ministerial Alliance of Greater Cincinnati. So altogether it's about 15 denominations. Wow, that's amazing because not only did I know not know that your job was one someone could aspire to have, 
I did not know that this organization existed. So that is really cool. Could you take us from, you know, working at that pharmacy to today? Kind of <laughs> not necessarily every step, but how did you get to where you are today? Okay, so what has always driven me is whatever I do, it has to hold some purpose or meaning in order to get up in the morning, to get dressed, to show up at work. The work has to be meaningful. I worked through college and I worked for a, a social service community center in uh, over the Rhine. I worked with a lot of people who um, were poor. At the age of 19, I was appalled at their living conditions, and I made a promise to myself, whatever job I had once I graduated from college, that I would work towards being in a position where I could affect policies that would improve their lives. Um, I was really clear about that. And mm-hmm. I, I was surprised at myself, but <laughs> but it became very, very clear. When I uh, was in college, I first worked for Mark as an intern. It did not feel like work. It was a summer job. So I knew there was some kind of match there that I didn't expect to end up back here as uh, the executive director <laughs> decades later. Yeah, I mean, it was really kind of a, a surprise. So how did that work, like, it sounds like the roles you had kind of had, they weren't, I'm assuming they were quite different, but they had the overall, you know, work for purpose, helping others theme going through them. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I worked for, you know, I worked as a community organizer. I worked as a counselor in uh, local communities, neighborhoods in Cincinnati. And then I um, realized I had to explore myself and what I needed to improve on in order to um, continue with meaningful work. So I uh, eventually left Cincinnati to study music at um, in uh, Princeton, New Jersey. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so I was poor for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I eventually, you know, I sang, and uh, it was a, a, a college, Westminster Choir College, that focused on... Um, choral singing and provided choirs for the New York Philharmonic, Philadelphia Orchestra, and other places. So I was very um, lucky to be able to sing in those choirs and under the uh, conducting uh, leadership of uh, Ricardo Muti and Zubin Mehta. Wow. Yeah. So uh, Kurt Mazur, myself, and, you know, 75 other voices. So I actually circle back to the time when I was five years old five or seven years old, and I wanted to be a singer. <laughs> right, yeah, it's coming full circle yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, and um, I actually was able to do that. I was doing what I loved, but um, it also meant not making a, uh, a lot of money. And many times it was worth it for the most part. So I did that and eventually sang in course for um, New Jersey Opera Festival. Uh, for five years. Then uh, was um, things didn't work out. I had to earn more money. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, yeah, I, I ended up in a temp agency and was assigned to uh, Princeton Theological Seminary, where I work as the immigration liaison, developed program for the international students. So I guess my path has been very circuitous. So it's always been back and forth between uh, the arts and social justice issues. How did you come to work at your current organization? Was that one that you had worked with in the past as like a partner? Yes. Or- 
Yes, as a, um, a college intern. And then uh, they sought me out uh, when they were looking for an assistant director. And then I left town to study music, and I did some consulting work for Mark. Then I, um, I took voice lessons. I eventually left town and went to school in Princeton, New Jersey. And then that, that path led me you know, to the singing and doing some acting. And we then had to regroup and find out how I was going to support myself. So, And that's when I got back into, um, I did consulting work on, on community development in New Jersey and was fairly successful at it. And then I got a call from Cincinnati saying, would you interview for the position of exec- executive director at Mark? And uh, that's how I came back. Yeah, now if you would, tell us, what is your typical work week? What does it look like? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the kind of responses I like, because that means it's very Oh, I mean, it's so varied. I, I mean, we literally, um, our body makes a, a decision at the planning conference every year. You know, all 15 denominations send delegates. So they make decisions on what our t- top two priorities are. And then I work on those. We are a small staff, but we have a large network. So, for example... Um, in 2019, the second priority tied with another one. So I find myself working on three social concerns, immigration um, and human rights. Let's see, displacement, affordable housing, homelessness. That's the second one. And right. the, third, the third is um, uh, community police relations. So we've been involved in processes. So we have a photo ID card called the Mark ID card that we're asked to do for as a general ID card uh, that the city offers all its uh, services for the cardholders. Uh, there's a particular somewhat of a focus on immigrants. So we're busy with that, and we do that in partnership with uh, Catholic Charities of Southwest Ohio, who is federal designee for refugees, set resettlement for refugees. So that's kind of taking place in Southwest Ohio. Uh, I may get a call from an immigrant who wants to know when the next Mark ID drive is. Uh, recently, there's a rapid response team being formed to deal with issues, uh, immigration issues. So I'll be working on that with other organizations. You know, working on um, affordable housing trust fund again with other organizations for affordable housing, and then um, you know, sitting on a variety of uh, special task forces to improve community police relations to make sure the goals of the collaborative agreement are implemented, continue to be implemented. I mean, it took a long time before I got here, (laughs) got (laughs) back here. So, so when I, I guess what I want to say is whatever you think your, your path is, it's never the straight and narrow. It's, it's always um, a, a circuitous route, you know, and as you go, hopefully you learn from your experiences and they inform your next decision. So I've, I've been very fortunate to be able to continue to pursue uh, social justice issues and at the same time pursue my love for art uh, in the form of music and painting and poetry. That's really awesome. Yeah, I've had about 90 interviews so far, and only two of them were actually straight. All the others were all over the place. So <laughs> that yeah, is... Yeah, I mean, it's really true. Yeah, It really, really is. Wow, that's very interesting. As a reminder, you can check out all previous episodes at learnfromothers.org. And if you're an educator or a student, you can search for podcasts by Career Cluster. So looking back, 
What would you do differently? I have a, a dream of what I would do differently, but <laughs> <laughs> but I guess what what uh, is critical is to get to know yourself. Um, mm. That takes an investment of time and energy, and it's just as important to know yourself as it is to relate to others because you can't really relate to others in differences and diversity unless you know who you are, and that takes a while, and you learn it by work situations and social situations and putting yourself in circumstances that are very different than what you're used to. And I think through that you gain uh, some insight and self-confidence uh, that prepares you for other decisions, so a new job or career or whatever that may be. I mean, if I and my brothers and if I had the resources, I probably would be a full-time artist. Well, that's a great thing, yeah. Yeah, but there's also this drive uh, to do for others, for um, an informed social conscience. That has driven me as much as my love for art. Well, let's talk to the student who would like to do what you do. Now, maybe define this as you will. It could either be as a nonprofit director. It could be directly in your actual job. What kind of advice would you give them? Um, not to be in a hurry. Mm. <laughs> That's great advice. Um, I, I don't like to give advice, but just maybe some, some guidance. Um, I think in this, uh, in the 21st century, it is important to know uh, technology, but that technology doesn't drive you. You steer technology. You know, I would learn whatever you need as an individual to learn uh, to expedite what you're most interested in. And that, that's in the area of communication. It may be the arts. It may be um, coding if you're interested in architecture, you know, design, whatever it may be. But always steer the technology. Don't be steered by it. Mm. Um, I think that's really important. And I also think that have an intention of always doing what you love to do and find ways to do that. And if you're good and you can acquire this, if you, you have good critical thinking skills and you're able to solve problems and you're able to socially relate, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, to other people in diverse situations, then you probably have the skills for the 21st century and beyond. And you will not, you will not be without work if you have those three sets of skills. Are there any current projects you're working on that you would like to share? I know you have quite a few things going on. Well, I went back to graduate school and I got a um, 21st century degree in um, interdisciplinary studies in the social sciences. So it's essentially using a variety of disciplines to do problem solving um, and to look at the world. And, and what I found, discovered, you know, I have certain uh, talent for writing poetry. For several years, I've been compiling a collection of poems. They came out in a book uh, by Finishing Line Press that I titled uh, Touched by Stars. It has about, oh, I guess, 21 poems in it. And I've been busy trying to get this out to people, um, establish interviews and critiques of, of the poems. And many of the poems come from my work experiences, uh, my reflection on work, my reflection on in an uh, artistic context. I'm, I'm very happy with the poetry, and I intend to do more of it. <laughs> That's really great. Yeah, that's really cool. You're actually my first poet I've ever met. So, oh, great. <laughs> that's Would really you like cool. to buy a copy? To <laughs> I sure will. Well, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, now I'm assuming the poetry kind of it doesn't just come. I mean, it doesn't happen all the time. It has to be through inspiration and experience. 
And how long did it take you to write these 21 poems? Did it take years? Did it take months? About eight of the poems were part of my thesis project. And the, uh, the thesis was a, a written um, thesis on heart of the matter, uh, colon, the making of meaning. So I was interested in how humankind uh, discovered meaning prior to organized religion. And uh, through you know my classwork, particularly in um, cosmology and anthropology, uh, cosmology's uh, the origins of the universe, I introduced and closed each chapter of my thesis with a poem. And it would introduce an idea. So I took those eight, and then I added uh, another, I don't know, 14 to them. And um, the whole process uh, took three years. And then it was my first experience of um, having something published. Uh, which normally doesn't happen after your first submission. Well, you just took us on your career journey, and as with most journeys, success largely depends on reliable transportation. And we don't know each other, but I'm a huge car enthusiast. So would you please tell me, what was your first car? Oh, God. They don't (laughs) make them anymore. Um, First of all, I, I had to buy a used car. So it was a Ford Pinto. Oh, my goodness, a Ford Pinto. We had a yellow one growing up. That's what, yeah. I did too. That's what oh, my wow. car. Was. Yeah, it was uh, it was used car. I had to establish credit, you know. Yeah, that was my first car. You didn't buy that in Jacksonville, Florida, around 1979, did you? No, <laughs> no, but it wasn't that far away from that uh, that time period. Yeah, oh. it was in Cincinnati. I was still living <laughs> in Cincinnati. <laughs> that that would have been really weird. Um, well, what's your dream uh, yeah. car if you have one? That isn't quite as important uh, to me now. Now, I can tell you what I bought. Okay. Um, most recent car is a Grand Touring uh, Mazda 3 because of its uh, pep. It's red. It's a gorgeous color um, of red, and it's very sporty, and it has a lot of pep and tick up. And, uh, oh, those are great. Yeah, zoom, zoom. Yeah, it is zoom, zoom. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. one perk to some jobs is a cool company car. Well, just a company car. But if I had all the money in the world, I'd love to buy you a cool company car based on your job. So I took this the poetry route. I thought, what car <laughs> is so gorgeous people would want to write poetry about it? And maybe they have in the past, but I don't know. So I Googled, I looked all over the place in the car, and I'll send you a picture because I'm pretty sure you're not familiar with this car because I was not, and I'm a car guy. Uh, I picked for you a 1949 Delahaye, 175 Salchik Coupe de Ville. So this is a gorgeous French car, and it was made for the 1949 Paris Auto Salon. They only made a handful of them. Has a removable roof, has lamb's wool wool carpet, 14 karat gold interior fitting, and push button doors, which was a big deal back then. William Hera of the Hera Collection and... Hera's out there in Las Vegas. He actually had it restored, I guess, in the 70s or 80s as a wedding gift for his bride-to-be, who ironically was a singer, and I didn't know you were also a singer. So singer-slash-actress Bobby Gentry, who was known for the Mississippi Delta song and the acoustic oh. Ode to Billy Joel. Joe. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so really My detailed. Goodness, how, did, how did you arrive at all of that? <laughs> <laughs> I spent too much time thinking about cars. So that's the car I would get for you if I had all the money in the world. And I will send you a picture of this cool company car that's just for you. Oh, very sweet. I may write a poem about that. 
That would be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking us on your career journey today. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and how to buy your book? Well, it's now available uh, on three uh, uh, book sites, uh, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and FinishingLinePress.com. And in terms of Mark, uh, we have a Facebook page as well as uh, Mark website. MarkOnline.com is our website. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for taking us on your career journey today, Margaret. Oh, you're welcome, Greg. Thank you for calling. Thank you for listening to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. Where will our next adventure take us? Subscribe to find out. If you know of someone who has a cool career story or occupation, contact Greg through Instagram at Greg Stanley LFO. That's G-R-E-G-S-T-A-N-L-E-Y-L-F-O. And we will see you soon as we learn from others together.